0: I can't. Stop.
1: I can't. Okay, so you want some pictures of the fixed pages. Concurrently, I want pictures of the not-fixed pages. The the non-Burnham pages. So let's get some some phones out and do a little video image text swap. Hey, Roman, do you have Chris Burnham? Or do you have... Ew.
2: Fill in art. I don't know. I didn't know what book you were talking about. Oh, I I thought we were still talking about future state stuff.
1: I had a feeling... That you didn't get these pages because django there's a dark knight returns reference on it oh nice all right i'll get these to you quarantine episode 71 django what area code is that oops wrong it's, podcast uh, go fuck yourself oh wow this is that's why they <laughs> that's why the listeners show up i want to hang out with those batman <laughs> buddies that insult each other and say mean things
0: i think it's a positive thing oh <laughs> i've I like... never not had a good time fucking myself
1: whoa okay all right that's definitely <laughs> a wrong podcast uh this is this is the vibe of 30 minutes into the Perfectly Acceptable <laughs> podcast. If you like hearing Django say, fuck myself, multiple times within a 90-second window. Out of it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is called Synergy. Then you can go fuck yourself. Oh. This is Batman in quarantine. We're going to talk about Batman Incorporated. And this is issue number, guys?
0: Uh, six. Thank six. you. Six. No, just one six.
1: Oh, just the one six. Chris Burnham didn't get all the pages on this one. This is the beginning of what I've been waiting for. The comparison of the fill-in art um, as we've seen in Batman Incorporated. So that—that that is exciting. As always, I'm Jeff. I'm Django. And I'm Roman. And he's looking good. Django? Yeah, he is. No, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. Roman, you look like a bird that just got done feeding its young for the morning. And, and and everybody at home listening, because this is a listening medium, missed both of the two co-hosts of this podcast, Impersonate Birds. And Roman did the throw-up sound, which was good. And Django did his puffin face, which for everyone out there who don't know, um, man, you guys both have really similar noses.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, I'm uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Roman is Bruce Willis in Looper.
1: you know (laughs) you know i like it i like it i remember there's a part where somebody shoots somebody right after a time travel thing with a shotgun
0: it happens over and over it's great
1: (laughs) i think that's how you describe the movie looper right it happens over and over
0: oh good one
1: i think that's the last movie i saw in the theater
0: oh my god (laughs) that
1: was a long time ago my friend oh fun times you guys this one uh we continue bruce wayne you know it's really interesting because this six issue this chunk of batman incorporated it really is takes place it's like american graffiti or something right it's that one big night of college or before college or something um but it's we've got a lot of story a lot of issues packed into this uh this sort of small period of time. And that's cool. We've jumped to Talia bios. We've jumped to other stuff, but now we've just got Batman still drive into the building that blew up or the top of the building that blew up at the end of the previous issue or within the previous issue, or I guess two issues ago, because last issue was hell on earth. Um, And we've got a, you know, a continued sort of thing like issue number four, where a raid style Batman working through a beautifully, Uh, choreographed fight scene to get up to hang out with his buddies who are definitely in good health and confront Talia at the top of this building. There might be some deaths. (laughs) There might be some things. uh, There might be some falls. And there might be a a metaphor, a simile for meditation um, within the entire issue I'm excited to talk about
2: with you guys. Let's get into this thing. Can I ask the most important question? Absolutely. Have you guys ever, like, Shaved electric shaver while you're driving?
1: No, I have rolled a joint while driving.
3: <laughs> no, I haven't um, done that.
1: I have stopped doing that um, because <laughs> driver safety is important, and we at Batman Incorporated, <laughs> in quarantine, don't condone the act of driving and shaving.
2: However, I do appreciate that he's using electric shaver. Yeah, see, I just every—I've never done that, and every time I see it, in I don't know, a show or a comic book or the first panel of a Batman comic. I'm I'm like, that's crazy. I wonder what that would be like.
0: Can I give you my theory? It's going all
2: over his cloak and everything. I know, right? You're going to get it (laughs) everywhere.
0: Yeah, but most importantly, Chris Burnham doesn't have to draw 1,000 little stubbles on every other panel for the rest of the issue. Ah,
2: that's why he's doing Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: or like,
2: even if he
1: didn't, though, like no one else has always drawn Batman's stubble
0: he must have had it at the end of the last issue for whatever reason
1: oh i wonder if he's like maybe it has something to do with matches malone outfit
0: i don't know glue i don't know
2: shaving the beard did he grow a beard to be matches i don't know the last (laughs) issue he doesn't have stubble in the last panel we
0: see of his chin oh really bummer well i i I like it i've never done it but i'm not saying i wouldn't oh yeah so you're into novelty facial
1: hair so
2: i'd like to try it someday
1: (laughs) um I think it's just like the perfect two panel beginning to any grant morris and chris burnham issue of a batman run like it's batman being kind of insane like when burnham is drawing it even for the brutality that he brings to everything there's also like a cartoonish absurdity to every like a levity i feel like he <laughs> adds to everything and this had to have been in the script but it's so it so conveys that the dedicated lunacy of batman like i'm driving and shaving and no i'm not gonna be home for breakfast
2: call it brunch (laughs) like it's yeah it's just a very brunch it is mr wayne (laughs) yeah yeah that levity the next page i mean and bullock and the cops are all looking up um and it's great bullock's got that cartoon thing where his cigar is in the process of falling out of his mouth (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I
1: was reading uh, in that same panel that you just showed us um, that the building's blown up, but at the bottom of the building, there is, you can see kind of obfuscated, but there is the name of that building. It becomes more clear um, at the end of the issue, but it says St. Malthus, Malthus, which is, as far as I know, tied into like the Goetic Demons or like the 99 Fiends or like the 72 Fiends. Um, I think Malthus is the name of one of those books or one of the demons in the in the crew
0: does it have anything to do with the goats that are painted all over in this building and do you think that those the goat story was in the building when bruce bought it or is that something that talia has added
1: i think it's a talia thing and, I, and we can definitely go into that in here we should definitely because i think cool. it's a but the sign of at Leviathan's ruined headquarters reads Saint Malthus. Malthus is not a saint. He's one of the 72 demons listed in the 17th century Guimar the Ars Goetia. Goetia? Never know how to pronounce that name. Which makes up the first section of Demonology Compendium, the Lesser Key of Solomon. Um, hmm. So, you know, a lot of the fiends that were in the previous, like Batman and Robin stuff, they got their names from that same thing, those 72 or 99 fiends from that lesser key of solomon so anyway it's tied in there it's a larger thing than i can fully understand right now but justin has spent a lot of time learning about that stuff so i wonder who's not here today because he's got a doctor's appointment Um, but i wonder i wonder what uh, he would be able to shed light wise onto that
0: so this is happening right across the street from the monarch it is which we see on page one, although it's kind of hard to, to tell because it's backwards and from above. Um, but if you put page one and page two together, you can see that he's he's across from the theater.
1: Jenga's really been having a kind of... Wait, yeah, so the Monarch Theater is the one that they went to see Zorro in, right? So it's in Crime Alley. Mm-hmm. Jenga's yeah. really been rallying against Crime Alley the last couple of weeks, and I'm, he's selling me on it.
0: Am I allowed to swear again? Oh, buddy.
1: Um, you asked permission, so you are allowed, and I appreciate that
0: tear fucking crime alley down Dude, bruce. You,
1: yeah i think you need a shirt i don't even think it needs to have the swearing on it. but i just want you to have a shirt that says tear down crime alley <laughs> um because do you, it's, do you think you're right
2: do you think it's canon that um bruce or wayne Inter- bruce wayne wayne enterprises bought like the two block those two blocks and just preserved them as like a twisted monument to his parents
0: i think at some point he Less- bought the theater in canon Mm. i don't know if he bought everything but apparently he bought saint modifus or malthus
2: Mo- malthus saint malthus saint,
1: <laughs> saint medima so right here when um batman says trust no one jim leviathan is everywhere He says you're joking you know me i don't like jokes yeah. love that <laughs> but also just that like i, I liked th- that line had me thinking at this point to be in Gotham, in this Batman story, like you can't be looking at any individual. You can't trust any individual. Like at this point, you can only be really like, you have to be top down looking at things or like, You've just got the two chess players, basically Batman and Talia. And at this point you can't trust anybody because any, you know, chess piece, anything could be a Leviathan person mm-hmm. or a Batman person. I just like this. At some point, the game becomes so complex. You can't even look at the pieces anymore because you can't trust the pieces and you just have to be like, I just got to get in this building and take down Talia because the board has become so dangerous at this point. I, I don't know. That that thought just kind of came to me. Like you'd have to sort of just stop viewing the forest as trees at this point because it's all too gray
0: yeah yeah and and i think that that this shows that batman still trusts jim oh always right yeah but yeah, that's he, that he's got to be like on a on a short list of people that batman can trust
1: yeah i didn't notice uh, on the previous page my first time through but as we were talking about it, i noticed it but he still he has that little batman bat signal lapel pin somebody had brought up earlier on but i do like that uh you know he's got the bat signal on hail hydra bottom right corner of page one hail hydra on page number three after the robots break down that door and (laughs) batman is saying something as batman on the, the bottom he says i have to talk to my to the mother of my son Mm-hmm. that text bubble, at least on my issue, is has a dotted text bubble around it as it yeah, to indicate yeah. whisper. I was curious what the two of you I, I I didn't know if he was just whispering that or
2: what yep. that meant. He's whispering it.
1: because Wh- they're
0: scared to use
2: thought balloons anymore. Yeah. He's whispering it to the closest um, bat, sentinel, whatever these are called.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird... Who's that also, one? she answers him so maybe he was saying that for her oh you're right i have to talk to the mother of my Um, son and then it says so let's talk yeah okay and then on that page she calls back to him saying he doesn't like jokes she says i thought you liked games so we're kind of getting uh like a a dating list of Bruce's likes and dislikes. He doesn't like jokes, but he does like games. He, he also likes long walks through a uh, building vertically towards dying heroes. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is the introduction of the, the ten illustrations.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Roman, is this, a, is, is this a thing that you were familiar with, you know, outside of this Batman run? Um, in your travels through the philosophical world?
2: Oh yeah, in the 10th century. No, this is the mm-hmm. first time I've ever seen this. <laughs> Though it's interesting, Doc Walk talks about this, and he mentions that originally, it's it's the 10 stages. This parable is told with an ox, mm-hmm. no goat. Um, Morrison changed it to a goat, and Doc Walk says because goats represent all these different things including sexuality and all this stuff that ties Gotham into and- ties into Batman Bruce Wayne's playboy you know coolness factor god that is such a doc walk explanation I, I read
1: other people's explanation of it as well and they were all just sort of like gotham is the home of goats professor pigs the goat is in his house goat boy leviathan's use of the sigil baphomet because satan is a goat and buff like all of those things but it's very doc walk to be like <laughs> no it's like the underpinning
2: social psycho sexual un, you know like tendencies of batman yeah well i think it's all those things you read but it, but also yeah I, yeah the cool like seventies <laughs> Bruce Wayne Batman vibe.
0: Now say it in a in a Scottish accent and you'll I think Doc Walk is just Grant Morrison in disguise.
2: Easily done. Oh.
0: <laughs> and that would totally uh, and, fit. Talia just straight up says that too, right? Traditionally it's an ox, but the goat has so many layers.
2: Oh, does she? Yeah. 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 Oh, she does. Okay. I forgot she said that.
0: I don't think she used a Scottish accent though. Easily done. Oh. Oh, I wonder what her accent is her and ross are
2: from where in the middle east where is it where
1: did they go for that son of the demon stuff yeah Bialia. it's Bialia. it's
2: where you get those wonderful Bialis you were eating the other night roman right so is that supposed to be somewhere near libya
0: i don't know (laughs) i don't Don't i don't have enough experience to really (laughs) You like that, Django? You I like, that like that one. I like you like that. that
1: one. Cool. I like it. The Zen parable of the goat herd is more commonly known as the 10 bulls or 10 ox herding pictures. It is a series of pictures that illustrate the 10 stages on the path of enlightenment, often, often accompanied by a short poetic passage. They're not something you can really pin a specific meaning on, being as they are a tool for meditating and achieving an enlightened state first picture on the floor is in search of the bowl, aimless searching only the sound of cicadas. The Wikipedia article on this like 10 ox thing has, there's been like apparently four kind of visual interpretations of this. It's been around forever. It's, it's like one of the first recorded instances of simile hmm. um, from what I've read. Um And yeah, there's like a kind of the fourth one is kind of the commonly viewed one. But anyway, there's a nice, there's, they all have like either short like one article here you know in search of the bowl aimless searching only the sound of cicadas is the poem beneath it but then on like the wikipedia article it has a, it's a little bit more like a long sentence beneath each one but i really am pretty fascinated by it i love i don't know like kind of meditation exercises or thought exercises or textless things that You know you can look at to indicate or just pull metaphor out of it's one of the things i love about grant morrison books so i actually really like the inclusion of it here and trying to think about how each of the 10 images you know relates to the moment that they're in but i still don't like the full comparison of it is is not quite solidified in my mind so i'm excited to hear your guys's thoughts
0: mine are going to be a lot more shallow than yours were already (laughs) <laughs> that's all of them. Right there, that's all no, of them.
1: No, man, that was all of them. Roman had his pervy <laughs> smile
2: on, like he knew. <laughs> Perverted bird. Um, I didn't really know what to make of it, other than, okay, the parable the guys going up the mountain, Batman's going up the stairs, both trying to reach the pinnacle. But Doc Walk, it's interesting that he talks about how, well... Batman's already enlightened after he came back from his travels through time and everything. And, and this parable is about doc. Walk says this parable is, can be interpreted as, um, pursuing, pursuing your identity, which Batman, which identity has been a theme of this whole Morrison's run and Morrison's talked about that too. Just the identity issues in interviews. Um, So the whole thing is pursuing identity up these stairs, but Batman's already been doing a bunch of identity redefining and he's enlightened. So there's an indication that he's ahead of the game. He's ahead of Talia
1: Hmm.
3: on
2: on that, on that level, metaphorical level.
1: Hmm. I like in, in looking into it, I was seeing that, you know, it's, it's, you're trying to, it's like the pursuit of going out of the woods and not finding the, the ox. The second one is like finding the footprints after feeling defeated. The third one is like finding the butt of the ox as it's hiding. The fourth is like a, you know, battle of like strength. And then like, once you've gotten it, there's like a discipline and then you're like riding it back down the mountain. And then there's a moment where like, you become one with all things. And then, which all of this is, strengthening you know what roman was just saying but and then the final one is like um you know trying to then like share that wisdom with people actually that's really Mm -hmm. interesting it reminds me of i have a book of alex gray art or actually maybe i gave this one to ashton for his birthday but it has um you know i forget what it's called but it's basically the same thing it's like alex gray psychedelic art but it's like the transcendental journey to enlightenment or like psychedelic practice within medicine and like somebody goes up and then finds the medics like the staff uh, with which the nurse emblem is uh, pulled from and then kind of how you return to society and share that wisdom which i didn't realize that painting thing is probably kind of pulled from this same simile mm-hmm. metaphor thing but anyway all that to say like the this idea of i, I like doc walk's pull that he's already already has achieved enlightenment or already has achieved identity and maybe is ahead of people. I was still sort of like, you know, not necessarily comparing it to the idea that Batman has already achieved enlightenment, but like, you know, that him going up this building is kind of like the hunt for that ox. But then I wasn't able to say like, how does the climax of what happens here compare to that ox story? Cause it doesn't, you know, right. right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't catch it. Um, But, yeah, maybe that the usage of it as a thing that's already happened is interesting.
2: Yeah, and also that, you know, it's something that, just like all of us, that Batman's, sure, he's reached enlightenment once, but that doesn't mean, like the rest of us, he's going to be struggling with identity in the future. It's It's, a a constant process of life.
1: And I think that that's one of the things I like about this meditation so much, is that each, like, there's no right or wrong answer to the exploration of it in and of itself and each image has its own sort of beginning middle and end or like an entire lesson to be pulled out of it but yeah roman i think that's an important clarification as well which is that like you don't achieve enlightenment and then you're good you know like it's it's a never-ending thing i don't i don't think any like Bodhi or
0: anything would say
1: yeah i did it now it's now it's done yeah Yeah.
0: also (laughs) is it necessarily about batman or is it about um damien's journey
1: and that's uh, the other thing is just like Roman bringing up identity. That made me think of just like Batman's identity as a father, like he's going up and then needing to make this decision about choosing between Damien and his city. So even <laughs> so that is like kind of getting to the ox, getting to the point of making a decision of which road you're going down. And um, I, I like the role that maybe Doc Walk has brought with the identity development in there. Cause that's not a thing that I sort of saw in my reading this morning about it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> that scene at the top of the building on the next page is so brutal. Every time they show the people at the top of the building, it just, everything hurts.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Jeez. Um, poor outsiders, man. And this panel made, and that panel made me realize, Oh, that's why I can never remember freight train. Cause he was only around <laughs> for a little while. And then he gets viciously killed. Like four pages. <laughs> It is beautifully drawn. Hmm. <laughs> Man, poor, poor Knight and Squire. Yeah, sorry, I was just still pulling at
1: this goat ox thing. but um, Quit pulling your goat. Yeah, I gotta stop pulling my goat. That's a pretty impressive panel with a nice vanishing point with all those people in the spiral staircase looking down at Batman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah,
2: the next page, yeah, that's very cool.
0: Yeah, I love that panel. I, I love just how how much Burnham has a sense of exactly where you are in the building at any mm-hmm. moment like when when you're looking at when you're looking at this you you kind of know where the door is in relation to the, like the front door of the building you know where that is in relation to batman through most of this like is it in yeah. front of him or behind him like what which cardinal direction is he facing and that's that's a hard thing to do with this much action
1: it it is like i really I was reading a you know thing today talking about this issue and it compared it to the raid and dread, which are the two mm-hmm. films that we compared issue number four to, which is a interesting comparison. Roman, I did I kind of glossed over that page that you had. We I didn't. The dead outsiders crew with like the dead freight train, like that is a horrifically graphic shot, and I love the the dialogue that um, B- Bruce and Talia are having there. It made me think about. The either last week's episode or the episode before it, Roman, when you were talking about how randomly they were talking about this building and it mentions that it has like pine wood floors or something or like cedar floors. Mm -hmm. I think you would pose the question of like, why include that when it, when she, when he's like, what have you ever done for the poor? And she says, you know, this building belongs to Bruce Wayne, one of his patronizing attempts to elevate the poor. And like, I wonder if that sort of speaks to. Trying to take a disenfranchised place or a rundown building and reclaim like the rich reclaiming a thing for the poor, but mm. like putting the veneer of nice wood is really kind of just putting a band-aid over a wound instead of trying to heal the wound or something. Like speaks to the shallowness of his attempts to to actually do surface level change instead of structural change.
2: Yeah. But then Talia, and that and in that part of the discussion, Talia brings up that well, he asked her what she ever did for the poor. And, you know, she brings up the typical rich person justifications <clears> for, you know, basically enslaving people, either wage slaves or literally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it brings it. And it, so it reminds, I guess, the reader that the uh, there's also this conflict of on the corporate level going on between two billionaires, Talia and Bruce.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's interesting hearing you bring that up that way. Cause I, you know, you're right, that is like wage slaves, and the way that, that people do that, but it also feels like you know, I'm somebody who would rather earn less money doing something that makes me happy every day. Um, so there's this idea that are they wage slaves? I give them guns and slogans to chant, like she's saying, I at least give them something to believe in. Like um, and they're they're they're, yeah. they're being bra- it's a brainwashed purpose because it's ultimately an evil thing, but they probably don't think that it is, it's like QAnon or whatever. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. Like you're right; it's like two billionaires arguing over which one they think is better. But in reality, both of them is just sort of like um, an outsider culture stepping into another culture and, and affecting it instead of letting it make its own change or have its own autonomy.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's another well, another masterful Morrison issue, just bringing all that into and why that's happening artistically. That discussion. I love how Batman walks. I mean, it's kind of surprising when you think about it, that Batman does this. He walks in and stands in the middle of that goat herd um, stage and looks up the stairwell, which leaves us that beautiful panel Jan- Django brought up. But strategically, it's like, geez, Batman, what are you doing? <laughs> you just made yourself a target.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if, like, you know, find... Okay. Okay, so what if Batman's not the thing pursuing the ox. What if Batman is the ox? Because Mm. in this shot, he's standing on the one that is the person identifying the butt of the ox, um, getting the hint of finding it, but not actually finding it. And so in doing so, Batman now has become visible to this entire crew of people. But in reality, he's totally able to handle it. You know, it's like, uh, because then after the ox was found, it still needs discipline to be, you know, uh mounted and, and ridden and we made made its own so uh this is kind of that like them yeah. finding them but realizing they don't have the
0: ability to boy i like that it's it's a tricky ox a tr- tricky tricky goat batman that's a tricky um, goat bat and when he uh dives under the stairs to avoid the bullets all you see is his butt just like the, the oh <laughs> Django, <laughs> yeah
1: while fart based and in, in its at its <laughs> core, that's still very true. I like we're, that.
0: We're in a, let everybody be quiet. We're in a very special part of the Django Jeff Venn diagram here. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. Man. And then he, he pops out and you know can you imagine how freaking the force of Batman's throw at that weird angle? And he throws those <clears throat> things up like at least three or four
1: flights
0: yeah. <laughs> from that odd position. Do you think he calls them? batter bangs
1: oh, i do like that they I have hope little so bat wings that <laughs> shoot out of them to to make it more easier right up yeah and then he finds that next one which is you know like the the goat has been tamed so maybe you know maybe those people are still the goat and they've made themselves visible but now he's about to tame the shit out of them
0: and Dude, then... the art on the top of that page i'm sorry jeff no you're good but the the smoke on the top of that page you're talking about is i, I can't even imagine envisioning that as chris burnham it's the same
1: effect that he used on that one panel i think an issue number four where after the built like a building blows up or no it was maybe even just the previous issue as their and number five anyway a building blows up <clears throat> and a bat signal is cast on the smoke of the building and i was okay. like this like hmm. his vision for smoke especially the way that things exist within it or light is cast mm-hmm. on it is something I've not seen in comics and it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm
0: trying to find what that. Works. Sorry. Then they, then they find the, they find the goat.
1: They, they've t- yeah, they tie the goat, but then we get this scene of at the bat cave, which I adore, adore, adore. Apparently bat or Grant Morrison right before this in issue two of Batman and Robin by Tomasi and Gleason they had introduced a, a replacement for bait ace the bat hound titus mm-hmm. and gave it to damien and apparently grant morrison was like i was fucking furious i don't think he's actually furious he was like i was i was very upset because i've been seeding that damien is getting a cat since issue 666 because Alpha <laughs> the cat is in 666 <laughs> and then it's in the previous issue of this um as well and then he gets the issue the, the cat here so he's like so not that he can't have multiple animals but you know just that like <laughs> I love that he was seeding him being a cat person because Morrison is also a cat person and I am
2: a big cat person so yeah a- and now and it's funny nowadays He Damien does have because there was a reason right before Future State when they show Bruce like packing up stuff and leaving Gotham he packs up bat cow and two dogs and mm-hmm. I don't remember if there's a cat but <laughs> I feel bad that there's not a cat because I want it. Um I assume Damien has the cat still. Hopefully.
0: What is what is Dick talking about when he's when he's um he's talking to Jason and he's like he hasn't forgotten all your Batman is dead crap. Is that from when is that from this when Batman was missing? Or is that from some old It's Silver well, Age I, thing?
2: I think it's referring to when uh Jason was the Red Hood earlier in this run. Okay. And try to kill him. Batman and Robin.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um,
1: And, you know, point, point for Battle of the Cow, which we are going to read at some point. (laughs) You know, it'll just be a random, like the feed's been empty for two months and then Roman and Jeff or whoever else is into it will show up with a Battle of the Cow episode. But um, yeah, I, I think there was something about, you know, his certainty or violent certainty that Batman was dead and that his, the way that he fought crime, was inferior but yeah i read it as just a direct reference to the batman and robin um run okay like, arc two or something
0: because i'm sure that there's a cover out there of somebody saying batman is dead and i thought it might be a reference to some old old thing
1: alfred's just showing up with a cat carrier and being like <clears throat> I've, i brought you something to add to the menagerie And he says, mother will kill or gas any pets I have when I'm forced to return to her. And then like, what doesn't it goes to scratch him? And he just says, he has potential. I'll call him Alfred. Like, it's just those moments when, you know, Morrison, I, I love that Damien tool. And I don't think a lot of writers have the maturity or depth of understanding of children to be able to do it. But the way that they can just bipolarly flip like that, like I'm a serious person, but then this cat shows up and he's just got this beautiful sensitivity and smile to him that is yeah adorable
2: yeah I, that's such an adorable panel and i love the way that uh, damien's eyebrows his eyes um are on the same lines as the cat's flattened ears that's really cute
0: yeah <laughs> and then leviathan has hacked into the bat computer right
1: i read it the other way yeah. around really well, sorry, are you talking about... Uh, um,
0: on that same page with, uh,
1: with the eyebrows. Okay, well, I guess I was I interpreted it as Bruce wanted Damien to hear this conversation, but maybe Talia wanted Damien to hear this conversation.
0: Oh. I I took it as Talia because the Leviathan uh, logo shows up on the computer at that point. And we I get, hadn't seen it on the screen before that.
1: Yeah, I could totally read that or just that, hey, here's the visual cue that now we're listening to. Leviathan. for me it was because he says and father and then batman says immediately like damien was born to provide spare parts for Ra's al ghul is it any wonder he chose to reject like I, it felt like batman was kind of egging talia's um cold actually not caring about damien out of this and mm-hmm. to the point where you know she even then says like i don't care about the boy and to me, right. it felt like that was kind of the climax of this scene was getting Damien to realize, but it could just as easily be Talia assuming that Batman is going to choose the city over Damien, and she wants <laughs> Damien to hear that. So yeah, you're right. It could, it could be either way.
2: Yeah, it could. I also like the little um, little thing Burnham did here with uh, the, the the second to last panel when it shows the long shot of all the Robins and Alfred and bat in front of the computer and, and Damien's getting in front of the QB, and the way tim like reacts he's like back and I'm going hey i didn't do anything yeah i like that little nod to their earlier conflicts like issues and issues and issue goes where damien tried to kill him
0: yeah
1: it was i maybe the the causality of this um transmission could be more understood by like, the first line of dialogue that she says is your allegedly secure batman ink connection i don't know what that means is the is, are they talking about the connection right here and in, in like that phone connection? Is she I saying think so? Okay, not necessarily like a-
0: Okay, and on the page before all that, Batman mm. says, catching the goat, picture four of the goat herd sequence, a test of touch. And he's touching the oh, you pu- oh, wow, that is subtle. He pushes on the picture in order to open the door because yeah, the, the door, door doesn't is closed have a previous, oh. yeah yeah i i puzzled over that for a minute before oh that's really cool
2: <laughs> that is awesome batman
0: this double
1: page sequence of the ticking clock is really rad if if it if not kind of glossing over the whole tea poisoning bit which is ends up just being like you know four panels which seems like it could have even been a longer scene or something but like i just love the the layout of this double page spread and and everything that happens in it all the horrifying mannequins with faces and clocks
0: and faces that we've seen in the series up till now yeah you're right that's the <clears throat> teacher lady yeah yeah and i think that this this guy is the cop one of the bad cops from two two or three issues ago Mm. Uh, all agents of leviathan yeah. Django, the page
1: that you just showed me made it look like this double page spread exists on a page turn
0: oh no no okay, never mind. no they, they they did it right good one bed left on shit <laughs> so this and, yeah
2: this T setup is also kind of reminiscent of um i take it by the the goat herd parable stage behind it on the wall it's supposed to also remind us of Thorgal ritual, isn't it? Okay, I forgot about that.
1: But yeah, that togol ritual thing has him talking to that assassin. Was that in The Resurrection of Ra's al Ghul, maybe? That, maybe? Um, yeah, because he does that T thing and then switch... Or no, actually, it was R.I.P. You're right. Sorry. Um, that just made me think... Do you think that The Resurrection of Raz al Ghul... The resurrection of Ra's al Ghul is maybe a much more important thing in this run than its limited publication history would have us know, because it it is the moment where we realize that Damien was created just as spare parts for Ra's al Ghul, like they say, like Talia says several pages back in this. Yeah, I, it's just weird to me that like that's kind of an important revelation, um, to to then have it be another revelation here. It's it, that's a seems like that should be a more important part of the run
2: or a thing that they would talk about more or something. You would think. I mean, I mean, I don't think we've seen. I mean, it, yeah, it should be because I don't think we've seen things like say Damien reacting to the news that oh, I'm just you know parts. Right. <laughs> this is. I mean, what does that do? Speaking to identity, what does that do to your identity? Right. As a child and and
0: makes you and try make to your, kill people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it does
0: um but that that story overlapped into the grant morrison issues right like that's that's collected in these or did they skip those issues in the collections
1: i think like two of the issues are and then they had burnham yeah. draw like three recap pages that recap all the other stuff oh, okay cool um Very which cool. is cool that's only in the omnibuses as far as i know but yeah interesting interesting we then go to the scene of the bat robots fighting the man bats and that's a cool action shot but more interestingly is now we're in the the four pages of fill and art.
0: Okay, but before that, yeah. What is what is this particular goat of him riding the goat? Is that when he reaches enlightenment?
1: The enlightenment is reached in as far as I understand it, the empty sphere. There's there's a circle okay. a couple of pages that's from now that's next. entirely empty. I was hoping um,
0: that the the projected image projected with light was when he reaches enlightenment. But Mm. um, the bottom of that page has one of my favorite. Well, it's hard. It's hard to pick favorites with, with this art, but the perspective on that with Batman hanging onto the messed up fire escape and his cape flapping in the rain. I love it.
2: And if he falls, he's going to fall into the beam of light. Oh yeah. Projection. Mm. so that is number
1: six it's riding the bull home uh mounting the ox slowly i return homeward the voice of my flute intones through the evening measuring with hand beats the pulsating harmony i direct the endless rhythm whoever joins this melody or ever whoever hears this melody will join me
0: homeward bow <laughs> whoever
1: hears this melody will join me. okay so this is um so that
2: one's kind kind of about unification maybe joining.
1: Yeah, the previous one is the taming of the bull, which is not necessarily uh, maybe the reaching of the enlightenment, but this is still the like um maybe my actions have achieved a thing. I'm trying to share this information like I the 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 strength with having learned or achieved creating a role with which people would then want to follow or listen to or maybe it speaks to the kind of separation of we have the man bats fighting the robots so -hmm. it's almost like those that have been recruited to be on a team are like at war in this image like on the outside of this building we're seeing those who have heard the flute call and followed the the you know the the forward movement of that which is then becoming indoctrinated into those schools of belief and and fighting for them or something maybe there's something there (laughs) oh
2: there's so many things um and also a cool. I was. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but I was wondering, what are these uh, katanas that I assume that the man bats are using? Because adamantium, they must be because yeah, it slices like th- right through one of these bat sentinels like no problem, like butter, <laughs> like butter, <laughs> like bat butter, like bat
3: butter.
1: Um, so now we get to the fill-in pages. This first one is mostly just a, a beat em up shot of a bunch of people in white outfits getting their buttholes beaten up by batman it is interesting the film art isn't terrible but it does lack it get they it gets worse later on but it does doesn't have the sort of f- fun there's not a lot of blood coming out of mouths i guess is my point
0: well yeah and so the the fill-in artist is um andreas Ginaldo and bit and the the when I look at that, the comparison between the two, the thing that I notice is that Chris Burnham is drawing the action connecting and the fill-in artist is drawing right before or right after the action. So like yeah, Burnham right. has the fist hitting the teeth and the teeth flying and the blood flying. And this guy has like Batman after he's taken the swing and the guy's falling over. Hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's why part of the reason that we like Chris Burnham's action so much is because it's very present and right now, rather than making you fill in the gaps.
1: Like the feeling I was getting reading this issue is that he has like the appetite it feels like, or the energy of an up and coming artist who has something to prove, but is almost like out of their depth and is Mm -hmm. like knocking it out of the park because Mm -hmm. every single panel he's like well fuck i gotta learn how to draw vanishing points from this thing like it's almost like i'm right i'm drawing a grant morrison book i have to do the best like and i it almost feels like his work since then like die 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 it's a little bit more comfortable of like i've achieved Mm -hmm. something that I'll, i'll draw this whereas this it almost just feels like He I'm projecting this, but it feels like he assumes he needs to be a skill set higher than he is. So he's just like clamoring at these high achieve and he succeeds at it. But there's just all of these every panel I I could got the feeling of just like, man, to be a kind of newer comic book artist and be expected to draw these panels that he drew. Like
0: okay, but when did he actually draw those panels? Because they weren't published in the original publishing. They weren't published mean, in the first soft covers.
1: I just mean any of them at all. like The one that particularly made me think about is that is like the him standing at the bottom of the staircase thing. So not even just right. like that, but like throughout all of it. But
0: But like, do we know when he drew these, when he redrew these fill-in pages?
1: The Absolute Edition came out and I think that was the one that had the redrawn pages. And mm-hmm. that came out oh god probably like three or four years ago
0: okay so five years after
1: could have been if you look at um the red pages here the second red page that has fill art mm-hmm. even the way that damien's face is drawn there while i was going through this i was like this has to be one of the redrawn pages because the lighting the way that the mm-hmm. like, shade is happening in his flesh tone there seems different yeah. than um the previous stuff had been
0: man Dark so Knight Returns
1: good. reference there. He breaks that gun. That other guy, while drawing a, a broken gun, does not make it seem as obviously a Dark Knight Returns reference.
0: Yeah, and he's... Oh, yeah, that's really cool. So in, in the Burnham sequence, he shows Batman just kind of lurking in the shadows on the first panel with a whole bunch of broken guns. So like, he's he's done that work, and then we get to see him. Dark Knight Returns it. Hmm. I love that. The shadowed panel is pretty close to the same.
1: You just wanted to say the shadow. <laughs>
0: well, it's even in a nine-panel grid, which I don't know if we. I, I'll bet that that's in the script. Hmm. It, oh yeah, no,
1: you're right. I totally, I, an, the the intentional draping of the shadow over things.
0: Uh, no, the 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 center panel right below his uh, him breaking the gun mm-hmm. is. Um, oh you know, Ta- Talia or somebody in shadow. Yeah. And, uh, and, and behind her is a nine panel grid of TV screens. Right. And both artists did nine panel grid. So I'll bet that that is right. it's called out in the script where the uh, Dark Knight Returns reference isn't, or Batman breaking through the window upside down in Burnham's drawing. Right. right and I know that the other guy.
1: Burnham was intentionally, he has hidden sort of Frank Miller and other references all through these books yeah but yeah I I wonder if that had been in the script or not because in the fill in artist he is still like you know you can see him he's got his hand out and he's broken a gun mm-hmm. in that panel but it's also like in those panels like his draped in shadow yeah like the looming shadow on the wall is present oh, in both yeah. like that has to be scripted yeah. I would I would think Yeah and then this is the, this is the scene that made me think that like Talia is projecting those images just because they're embedded within her screens that seems she seems to be in control of the fatherless throwing the giant boulder down the huge staircase that I didn't realize has everyone tied to the boulder. So as it falls, it's going to be pulling all of these people down
0: and breaking the ceiling brace
1: is really, really brutal and fucked up.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and a great kind of a great nod to a classic death traps and and cereals and stuff yeah (laughs) i love just like ropes are tied all around this boulder like just looping it over (laughs) and over again like that's how you would tie a boulder yeah i mean did did other goons or did fatherless spend like two hours before (laughs) and entered the building just tying all these things together
0: (laughs) okay so in the original publication that that page is swapped with the page of um, Knight reviving Burl mm-hmm. or trying to revive Burl. Um, and the timeline makes more sense this way. Cause first fatherless throws the boulder and then almost immediately in the comic book, he shows up on the rooftop. Right. And in your omnibus, he throws the boulder and then we get a, a beat of, night trying to revive squire before fatherless shows up Mm. i love that page and like why is batman only cutting the rope between like i guess he's he's cutting the rope for individually for people going up the line yeah i bet he wishes he had started at the top
2: yeah 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 i don't don't think he realized
0: (laughs) the fatherless was up there and this is the enlightenment page
1: um The one before it is, as far as I know, the oh. the one when Talia is revealed to be a dummy, and there's just a circle with no images in it.
0: I don't know if oh, that okay.
1: Like there's a like one of the circles is a void, is okay, just yeah. an empty circle.
0: All right, I thought I thought this one of no people was what you're talking about. Okay.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder if that one's role as well. Rome, were you supposed to say something?
2: Um, yeah, nothing important.
1: oh Just talking about how great your chest hair looks today
2: yeah yeah i was was focused on that
1: the knight and squire scene was real tough because i was like oh man is beryl gonna die i hope not and then cyril dies (laughs) and the most like horrific like fatherless like i had forgotten this scene entirely but like that the graphic nature of like the slow crack like it Mm -hmm. happens over two panels and then and then like he uses the limp body to like beat batwing like holding that guy by the neck yeah (laughs)
0: I'm glad I'm not Knight yeah they they call him the limp knight now, oh but oh. um so I don't remember what happens after this issue, but it looks like maybe burl fucked up fatherless's eye, yeah,
1: yeah, are
0: we gonna get a fatherless with an eye patch or something
1: um i i, <laughs> I do I do believe that uh. The, the face beyond behind that mask does have one eye after this. Nice. But I f- have forgotten that this is why it did. Which is great. Um, then Fatherless throws Batman off of a building.
0: But before that, yeah. Talia says, Damien isn't the Batman who destroys Gotham. The third Batman in your nightmare, I made him. Right? Did we know that already?
1: No. And also it speaks to, I think the fallibility of that whole nightmare dream thing to have Talia referring to it as a nightmare Mm -hmm. and having her know about it. Right. We don't, we don't know when he told Talia that or if it was planted or if Dr. Hurt knew it.
0: She's, she's been intercepting their communications. Right. So presumably anytime he talked about it with anybody, she's been able to listen in.
1: Okay, so that's probably what that first line of that transmission means about like the secure connection is that she's probably been listening in this whole time. And it Mm -hmm. it probably is her that forced that for Damien to be hearing that at that time because that was the reveal that she's been listening in the whole time. Yeah, Nice catch.
2: I I like that right before um, Fatherless throws Batman through the window, we see the window and it's got another one of those um, stages on it the stage of i think you said jeff trying to share the knowledge of your enlightenment um tell other people about it but the window's already cracked and that one big prominent crack dividing oh. between, the, between the teller and whoever you're trying to tell it to mm-hmm. indicating that you don't get to share that and then batman goes through it
1: barefoot and naked of breast i mingle with the people of the world my clothes are ragged and dust laden and i am ever blissful i use no magic to extend my life now before me the dead trees become alive which is like you know i think there's something about in that that i pry out which is like people seek for elevation or enlightenment but to to be enlightened like to put yourself above people is to not actually have been enlightened so it's you know it's like that jesus christ thing of like my clothes are dirty i'm back with the public it's like when you're on acid and you find all this truth and then you're like i just want to go back to hanging out now (laughs) like it um it's that i think it's why people who get really into you know occult and trying to see the beyond the realm of reality um it's you don't it cracks the brain you can't come back you know your your brain works hard to see outside of a box and uh it's not good for the things inside the box um that enlightenment that you find isn't really good if it's separating you from the
0: tribe so to well, speak. And it's also the thing that bruce never ever ever does right like he throws his money and his privilege and his muscles at things but he's never he never really like works in a soup kitchen yeah, or hangs out with the the actually mortal mortals.
1: Yeah, or like Jesus would hang out with the you know the money lenders and prostitutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Batman is like Jesus, only in that he likes to kick the money lenders out of the church physically
1: and he's got bad tastes in women right like he's got yeah. <laughs> some like a bad trek record with like did you ever even love me he's like you're this daughter of the devil you're everything i ever wanted you're like <laughs> bruce maybe have a more healthy relationship with women
0: <laughs> you smell like the desert at night
1: yeah i loved that um and then batman's uh falling into uh, a city that's rain swept and has a whole mob of violent, brainwashed, addicted children, so attacking the cops.
2: Attacking the cops
0: from the Monarch Theater.
2: Um, we don't
0: need y'all. I
2: guess yeah, it would be from the the side of the street where the Monarch is. Um, gosh, yeah,
1: that's a some 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 scary and some big stuff. Uh, Man. do you guys want to hear a voicemail from will elmer yes Yes,
2: of
3: course
1: okay well in that case let's get this thing going
3: hello my bat friends i just finished reading issue number six uh thought it was an awesome issue Thought the art was great that the storytelling was great i don't have a whole lot to say about the issue except that i I just absolutely need more Bat Cow. I don't. I don't think he's on the pages enough. Um, I think he should be in more background panels. Um, when he's not in panel, I think that the other characters in the book should be saying, "Where's Bat Cow?" Um, I just think that it's a grave injustice that he isn't um, featured more in these issues i did jump to the end of the omnibus and read the uh dan didio bat cow issue which i thought was was pretty good i wish it had um you know chris burnham art but uh it was still a lot of fun and uh you know i'd love to see a bat cow revival at some point. So my question to you guys today is, um, if you could pick any sort of creative team to do, um, you know, a six or a twelve issue Bat Cow mini or maxi series, uh, who would you guys pick? Who do you think would do it justice? Um, my pick would maybe be um, Chip Zdarsky and Matt Fraction do something. Um, but uh, you know, maybe maybe Donny Cates would do something pretty <laughs> awesome with uh, Bat Cow as well. All right, guys. Talk to you later
0: i'm assuming
3: if like, bat cow is symbiote
0: yeah <laughs> i'm assuming he means anybody who's not grant morrison and chris burnham
1: i, I you know my thought is like i want morrison <laughs> to write it because the way that he has like people interact with the you know outside of these animals around these animals i i love
0: that i think, I think the, clearly we all want morrison and burnham are quietly but yeah who's your second guess
1: yeah I think his Fractions Zdarsky poll is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Gosh.
0: I think I would say Derek Robertson on art with um, Garth Ennis writing it. I, th- I think those guys could knock that out of the park. Who writes Beast of Burden?
2: That, that'd be pretty awesome. Evan Dorkin. Evan Dorkin.
0: When Jill Thompson draws it, right? Hmm. Jill Thompson? I
2: think, I think so. so. Yeah, or is it his wife, Sarah, hmm. not dorker. Hmm. Gosh, it's a great
3: Man, question.
2: I, yeah, I like the Chip Zdarsky,
3: for George,
2: or Zdarsky and, and Berna. If I could pick any of them in creators, I, it'd be fun to read Steve Ger- mm-hmm. <laughs> oh,
0: Gerber. Oh, Gerber, like
2: Howard the Duck yeah yeah the, wow the creator of howard the duck yeah
1: um yeah that would be great i i really like i think zadarsky would write a really good one like i, I i'd say give give writing yeah. and artist duty to zadarsky i think that was a, a really great poll um trying to think of like what if
0: zadarsky wrote it and fraction drew it i don't think that would
1: i don't know how good fraction is at, at art um <laughs> but like maybe we get some stick back cows or something will i couldn't agree more uh you're you're right on the money i'm glad that you flipped and saw the old bat cow story in the back um hopefully you avoided spoilers getting there god bat cow such at least jango i think it was you that mentioned like or roman um you know when batman packed up at the end of future or before future state like it did show bat cow so it does exist you know like it wasn't forgotten um in the way that alfred the cat seems to have been
2: yeah, I wonder. And and DC never did. They didn't do what Marvel did, where Marvel did a, at least one mini series of like, I think it was Marvel Pets mm.
3: with the different Marvel
2: animals. And I don't think DC's ever done that. Other they've got like the Zoo Crew. Yeah, but that was before any of the actual just animal animal Mar- DC characters. Okay. The the non non anthropomorphized
0: animals. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Yeah, give that to Evan Dorkin. Like the the Jumper cri- and crypto and Jumper. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah, forgot about jumpa
1: <laughs> I yeah, during the Tom King Batman run, when Batman has that three issue arc where he's like with Wonder Woman and that War Planet, and there's just like this one scene where they're like at night hanging out, and she, she Batman's like, I miss something. She's like, I miss my kangaroo.
3: <laughs> and it's just this
1: awesome <laughs> awesome line of like what? Um, Tom King rules. My other my other thing would be uh let Tom King write it even though I don't know that he's got Animal
2: Chops, but fuck it. Um yeah, I keep on thinking about Django's suggestion. That would be oh, that that would be so funny.
0: Yeah, I don't care who draws it. As long as Garth Ennis is writing
2: it, I think yeah. that would be rad. Yeah. Yeah. See what see what special guest stars from past Ennis books might show up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for hanging out with us for Batman in Quarantine Episode 71. Batman Incorporated Volume 2, Issue Number 6. Um, it gets longer and longer. So dumb. Send us an email or a voicemail, just like Will did, or whatever you want him to say at Quarantine at com. Love it. Love getting them. You're all amazing. You're uh, running
0: out of time. If you've had something to say to the Batman in Quarantine group like this is your chance
1: and you know don't do it for you do it for us we just like it gives my heart smiles to hear or see our inbox with anything and uh, i'm excited to just take an infinite number of screen captures of the facebook group to hang like print as print ups on my wall and uh and and be able to see you know all of these wonderful facebook interactions because you guys are Absolutely amazing. I can't wait till this is all done to just like mine all of that Facebook stuff when I start having withdrawals from this experience. I was getting real horny for doing a uh, an Invisibles issue by issue thing while I was reading I'd do this it. today.
2: Right. I got the I'd, issues.
1: I'd do it, yeah. Invisibles would be a really fun one. And that way we could stay really linked up with this Morrison fan base, because I think Morrison, in terms of the people who read their books, his their
0: books um, are we're we're diehard fans. There's also a couple of invisibles, Doc Walk kind of things, like yeah. breakdowns mm-hmm. of the references and the conspiracies. So it would be it would be fun. So we'll, you know, iron's in the fire. Iron's in the fire.
1: I, I'm addicted to turning the things that I love into work. So we'll see. <laughs> um Yeah. Anyway, all right, everyone. We'll see you for issue or episode number seventy two next week. Seventy two, my favorite number. Roman, looking good, you. Oh thanks. How so are you, buddy? Oh thanks, Django. Looking Except acceptable. It's, half, it's, fine. It's, fine. Fine. it's fine. It's fine. Half a gross. Half a gross.
0: Fine.
1: It's fine. It's fine. That's why one of my one of those Django things when he. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Good to see both of you two on behalf of Django and Roman. I'm Jeff. This is Batman and Clown of Sun and 7, seventy-one. <laughs>